0: Microphone check. Microphone check. Hi, welcome to the I Hate Reading Podcast, the show where I read out loud, not because I want to, but because I have to. I hate reading because I can't stand the sound of silence. I'm not good at reading, but I'm great at talking. So let's get started. Kingdom Hearts, Roxas's Story, The Fourth Day. and my microphone sounds like garbage. I don't know why. I've tried to fix it a thousand times and it just won't work. It's a cheap microphone. It's old. Plugged into my stream setup so I can't mess with it because it'll mess with everything else. So this is what I sound like. Also, I gotta be 100% honest. Not a lot of people watch this show and I used to power through because I wanted to keep doing it but this is getting old. I've had this book for a year and I'm only... 298 pages in with this show uh, and there's like 1,300 pages. So I do not want to do this for the rest of my life. The main essays that this show helps create don't come out frequent enough and this show is kind of slowing everything down. It's making me do a bunch of stuff I don't want to do and overall it kind of sucks. The show itself is kind of bad. My microphone quality seems to be getting worse over time, which makes no sense to me. And not that many people watch this show. I think we have one diehard fan, and I've been keeping it going for them, but... I really do hate reading, I thought I could do it, but... oof. So let's finish this summer vacation, and we'll figure out what's next. For the last three days, Roxas and his friends have been investigating various mysterious circumstances going on in their small town. Things seem strange. There's a man in a black cloak that may or may not be another character from a previous story, and there's a mysterious man named Diz who seems to be in charge. This girl nominee keeps showing up in Roxas's dreams and he is not really sure what's going on and neither is the audience at this point. So let's go. The fourth day. Promise? I promise. The exchange came to him in a dream, but who was promising who, lazing in his bed? Roxas tried to think through the fog of his dreams. A promise? he mumbled, and slowly sat up. From his window, he could see the usual scene. The town was the same as ever. But today was special. The struggle was a festival day for Twilight Town. Then Roxas remembered how upset Hayner had been yesterday. His excitement fell flat. (sighs) What a mess. It wasn't that he'd forgotten their promise. He just hadn't remembered right then. Four competitors had made it to the semifinals. Roxas, Hayner, Vivi, and Cypher. The four would fight and the one who remained would battle the current champion, sir. Oh, well, I guess I better go. Roxas hopped down from his bed, threw on his clothes, and ran outside. People from all over the town were gathered in the sandlot, around the square arena, set up in the center. Who are you going to root for? Pence asked Olette. Both of them, silly, she replied. In the middle of the arena, Wallace, who was the former weapon shop manager, usually took the role of MC was discussing something with the tournament's producer. Roxas better get here soon, Pence remarked anxiously. Hayner beside him hadn't said a word all day. It's not like he likes him or anything. You know, Hayner, Olette started. I'm going to check the rules, he interjected and went to look at the bulletin board, where the struggle rules were posted. Left behind, Olette and Pence exchanged glances. Just then, there came the loud boom of fireworks, signaling the opening of the festivities and then a fanfare. The struggle finals were about to begin. There you are, Roxas, Pence called, spotting him as he ran into the sandlot. Sorry, um, if you're looking for Hainer, he's over there, Olette gently pointed out. Roxas nodded and dashed over to the bulletin board. Ladies and gentlemen, struggle friends of Twilight Town, it's time for summer's most sizzling clash. That's right. Today's the day of the struggle, the title match. Wallace announced, and the crowd erupted with cheers. Beside the MC stood last year's winner, looking entirely too confident. Who will be the one to break through the ranks and take on our champion? Sight, sir. And who will win the title to become our new struggle champion? In contrast to the crowd's fervor, a chill practically emanated from Hayner, who stood balefully in front of the bulletin board. Um, Hayner? Roxas tried to gather the words to apologize for yesterday, but Hayner only shot a brief glance at him and resumed glaring at the board. All right, now it's time to introduce today's fighters, the four bad boys who fought their way through the preliminaries. Roxas heaved a quiet sigh under the MC's booing voice. (sighs) Regular finalist and head of Twilight Town's disciplinary committee, Sicer. Hearing his name, Sysa raised his chin and took in the arena with a barely visible smirk. Completely out of nowhere, who knew he'd make it so far this year? V.V. V.V. headed to the stage from a little ways away from the rest of Cypher's retinue, An underground favorite with an attitude, Hayner, It's his first time in the finals. Hayner, Hayner, Hayner. Pence and Olette chanted. Determined to say something, Roxas cried again. Hainer, um, about yesterday, I... Get ready. You're up next, Hainer said, and marched bravely toward the arena. And fighter number four is a newcomer to the arena, who happens to also be my favorite customer, Roxas. Cheers rose all at once from the crowd, and Roxas walked over to the stage, conflicted. So who will win this summer's sweltering struggle? Who will take home the grand prize? The symbol of our tournament. The Four Crystal Trophy. The four fighters in the arena clustered around the bronze trophy, set with four different colored crystals. And not only that, the winner will have a chance to take on our defending champion. Siser nodded in response to the title of champion. Now let the games begin, the MC declared. Cypher and Vivi left the arena, followed by Siser. Only Roxas and Hainer were left. The producer handed them each an official struggle sword. Hainer took his and pointed it straight at Roxas. Hey, sorry about yesterday, Roxas told him, with his weapon still dangling from his hand. He felt so guilty, he couldn't stand to meet Hainer's eyes. After all, he was the one who had made a promise and forgotten about it. Seeing Roxas hanging his head like that, Hainer lowered his sword and sighed. What, you're still worried about that? That was a whole day ago. I let it go already. That sounded like the Hainer he knew. Yeah, I have a lot on my mind, Roxas mumbled. Too many strange things have been happening to him lately. Those dreams, those weird creatures, and forgetting about the promise he'd made. Sorry, dude. Hey, what am I apologizing for? Hayner caught himself. That made Roxas smile. Watching from beside the arena, Pence and Olette happily nodded at each other. Ready, strugglers? Said the producer. We're good, right, Roxas? Yeah. Hainer and Roxas nodded. Our first match of today's struggle tournament finals will be between the best friends, Roxas and Hayner. Roxas ran to the starting position, marked by lines in the middle of the arena. I'm glad he's not mad at me, Roxas thought. Now I can fight for real. The struggle rules were simple. Fight with the provided weapons, and whoever gets knocked over first loses. Anyone who didn't fight fair would be disqualified. Here goes, Roxas, Hayner shouted. Are we ready, the MC called. Let's struggle! The crowd finished, and with that, the battle began. Hayner didn't waste a second in springing at Roxas. Whoa! Roxas blocked him. I've been training in secret, Hayner grinned. You're not going to win against me. Yeah, well, I'm not going to lose either, Roxas counter and the toy weapon caught Hayner under his chin. A hint of a frown came to Hayner's face, and Roxas followed up with a fierce body blow. ho 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 tried to readjust his footing, but failed and fell flat on his back. And the winner is Roxas! Wallace ran up to them and took Roxas's hand, pulling it up into the air. Cheers rose from the crowd. Not even friendship will slow this kid down. And Hainer put up a good fight, too. Roxas shook his wrist free and went to Hainer, who was still on the ground. Are you okay? Uh, I lost? <sighs> I can't believe it. Hainer fumed. Roxas let out a tiny sigh of relief and pulled Hainer to his feet. Hayner brushed the sand from his pants. Man, you really are good. It was fun fighting you, Roxas said. Not for me, it wasn't. Hainer screwed up his face in a pout. You can have some of my fun. I got fun to spare. How about no? At some point while they were bantering, Cypher appeared beside them. Out of my way. Roxas and Hayner stepped out of the arena, making way for Cypher. From the opposite side, Vivi stared straight at him, struggle sword in hand. Under the head of Evie's hat, his eyes were hard to see, but they were dark. Meanwhile, he, in italics it says the word he, I wonder who that is, looked at the pod where Sora slept. Sora was right there in front of him, and yet he couldn't sense Sora any more than before. What should he do to make that happen? He reached out, but the wall of the pod stopped his hand, so he couldn't touch Sora either. I can feel Sora. So said Naminé, the witch who could control people's memories. Now he felt uncertain. Was she manipulating his memories? No, that couldn't be. He had chosen to keep his memories. He had chosen not to seal away the darkness in his heart. That was why he stood facing Sora in this form now. He had already abandoned his old name. And not only his name, but his appearance, too. But he couldn't meet Sora like this. He didn't want to. And he couldn't. He stared at his own hand that it reached out to touch the other boy. The computer beeped in the dark room. What? More scum? Diz complained. No, that's... He looked closely at the so-called scum on the screen. It was a figure he knew. He would rather not let it get close. Diz quickly got to his feet and went upstairs. Ooh, spicy. Meanwhile, back at the sandlot... Cheers rang out through the sandlot. In the arena... Cypher was laid out on the ground after one blow from Vivi. When did Vivi get so tough? Hayner remarked next to Roxas's ear. As Cypher got up, dazed, Rye and Fu ran to his side. Ah, uh, well, the winner is Vivi! Ending the fight with a lightning quick move, Wallace the MC, announced. Amid the thunderous applause, Cypher slowly approached Roxas. Cypher? Roxas said tentatively, noticing the grim look on his face. Cypher's eyes flashed, and his voice was low. That's not Vivi. Huh? Roxas had no idea what Cypher was getting at. Take him down, Cypher said icily, and with that he left the sandlot, followed by Fu and Rai. Vivi wasn't Vivi. What was that supposed to mean? Roxas looked at Vivi standing in the arena, and Vivi returned his gaze. A chill slid down his spine. Vivi's eyes seemed to glow from under that enormous hat he wore. Just a little bit frightening. It looks like Cypher's withdrawn from the match for third place, the producer told Hainer. So that that leaves me in third. Oh, yeah. Hainer struck a victorious pose. Ready for the final match, Roxas, the producer said. Uh, yeah. As Roxas turned ahead for the arena, Hainer thumped him on the back. Don't forget about our promise again. I know. Roxas waved to him and went back into the arena. Okay, guys, keep it clean. The producer handed the toy swords to Roxas and Vivi. The two fighters took their starting positions and faced each other. And now the match you've been waiting for, Roxas versus Vivi. Roxas lifted his sword and Vivi stared straight at him without moving a muscle. Here we go. Let's struggle! The crowd called out. And in the same instant, Roxas hurled at Vivi. But Vivi evaded with a high jump and Roxas thought he would land farther back. But instead, Vivi had launched himself forward. Whoa. Roxas barely managed to dodge. R- R- Roxas. Vivi called with his sword waving. The voice didn't sound normal, it was almost mechanical somehow. Vivi? R- Roxas. Vivi raised his weapon. Roxas moved to block the strike. And then it happened again. The world warped and stopped. Not again. Roxas looked around to see that Hainer, Pence, and Olette were all frozen with their arms in the air as they cheered. Strangely, Vivi's eyes were glowing. Vivi? Light enveloped his body, and then it changed into one of those weird silver creatures. Two more appeared, like they were stepping out of the air and fluttered under the ground. Now there were three of them, writhing closer and surrounding Roxas. (sighs) Ugh. These things. He lifted his toy sword, and this time, light flashed along it, and it transformed into that oversized key. The keyblade. Guess that means I have to fight them. Roxas slashed the things with the keyblade. It was the same as when he'd fought the one outside the haunted mansion. They weren't easy to hit, wiggling and dancing around as they did. But now, Roxas felt that he could. As soon as the keyblade was in his hand, he could feel himself brimming with power. I won't lose these things, not to a few dusks. The keyblade shone brightly as it shattered the dusks into nothingness. When the fight was over, Roxas stood, panting heavily, surveying the scene. But time was still stopped. Hayner and the others were still stuck as motionless mannequins. Now what? Roxas frowned. Wait, how do I know what these things are called? But I do know they're called Dusks, our servants. As he stood there, dazed, he heard the sound of someone clapping from behind him. Who's there? He turned to see a man in a black cloak. All right, Roxas, fight, fight, fight! The man's tone had a hint of teasing in it, and while that cloak looked the same, Roxas knew it wasn't the same person who had stolen their money outside the train station. But who was he? The man walked steadily closer. So, you really don't remember, huh? He said, as if he wanted to confirm something, and push back his hood to reveal bright red hair. Am I supposed to be remembering something, Roxas thought? But I've never seen him before. It's me, you know, Axel. Axel, Roxas repeated. Talk about blank with a capital B. Yeah, this is way too much for dusks. Axel went on to himself, stretching his arms to either side. Each hand appeared, circle-shaped bladed weapons. Chakrams. Wait a second, Roxas protested. Tell me what's going on. Axel didn't seem hostile, so he wanted to ask. Why were all these things happening to him? What did it mean? This town is his creation, isn't it? So we don't have time for a Q&A. You're coming with me, conscious or not. Then you can hear the story. Roxas could make neither head or tail of this. Somebody's creation? Going with him? Where? Axel readied his chakrams, and Roxas edged backward. And then the world warped again. "Uh Uh-oh, Axel muttered, taking in the scene. But Roxas couldn't hide his frustration anymore. He hurled the Keyblade at the ground. What's going on? The Keyblade struck with a metallic clang and spun away over the dirt. He was so angry. All these things were happening, and he was the only one out of the loop. Something was starting, and he had no idea what it was. It was unnerving and infuriating. He didn't even know how to stop it. Roxas, Axel said his name again and looked up. In that same instant, the Keyblade flew back to his hand, as if it were drawn there somehow. Number 13, Roxas, the Keyblade's Chosen One. Axel intoned his eyes on the Shining Keyblade as he took a fighting stance with his chakrams. Fine. You asked for it. Roxas snapped and fell into a stance with the keyblade, too. Yeah, that's more like it. Axel leaped up and struck with the chakrams, then gave Roxas a flying kick that sent him sprawling. Axel was far, far stronger than the dusks. But there was something off about him. Roxas thought as he scrambled to his feet. What was it? What made him so strange? Time to heat things up. A gust of flame shot forth from Axel's hand, knocking Roxas back. (laughs) Ha <laughs> Nice, Roxas. Axel was laughing. Why was he having so much fun? Actually, fighting him was kind of fun. Roxas was so fed up with all these things happening to him, and he couldn't stand this Axel guy spouting all this weird stuff with his smug, know-it-all face. And yet, fighting him was like this wasn't all that bad. What's going on? How am I having fun fighting him? He's obviously holding back against me. Why? What does it mean? Even as his internal monologue questioned everything, he rushed at Axel and swung the keyblade. Grinning, Axel cut the strike with his chakrams. Ha! There's the Roxas I know. Axel, what do you know? Roxas demanded, breathing hard. <sighs> Axel's face, up close and personal, looked sad for an instant. Or was he only seeing things? But why? What did Axel know? Can't tell you at the moment, Axel said. You can too! Roxas shouted and swung his keyblade up, and once again the world twisted and shuddered. In the middle of the arena, there was a flash of light, along with a strange sound, something electronic. The flash left another man standing there. He wore red cloth bandages over his face and a cape. Who's that? Roxas said. So it was you. Axel jumped up and flung his chakrams at the newcomer, but they only bounced off some kind of barrier, a wall of light. Roxas, this man speaks nonsense. The man told him in a deep baritone. Roxas, don't let him trick you, yelled Axel. Roxas turned back to him. Trick me? Trick me how? What part is nonsense? Why are these guys coming to talk to me? He didn't know. He hardly knew anything. Roxas! 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 He couldn't tell anymore which one of them was calling his name. The voices began to feel like they were coming from inside his head. The air warped and his head ached. "Hainer," Roxas mumbled. He could say his friends' names. Pence. He could think of his friends. Olette. He could feel their friendship. Hayner, Pence, Olette, he cried, the names of the people he wanted to see more than anything. So badly his heart was breaking for them. And then the strangeness in the air went away. Axel and the man in the red cape were both gone. Right in front of him Vivi had slowly fallen. "What? What? What just happened?" shouted Wallace, the MC. A wave of cheering rose from the spectators. Huh? How did I get here? Vivi murmured and then trotted off. Roxas. Hayner and his other two friends ran up to him. Ladies and gentlemen, Roxas! The winner of this year's struggle! Wallace announced. Olette bounced with jubilation. Roxas, however, still looked unhappy. Roxas? Hayner asked, worried. What? Are you okay? You know you won, right? Oh, yeah. So he'd won the struggle, but he didn't feel like smiling at all. At that moment, cheers rose from the crowd again. "Saitzer, Saitzer." The current champion, Saitzer was already there in the middle of the arena, basking in the crowd's appreciation. Roxas, it's starting, Olet said. Finally, he looked up, but he was more concerned about the things he'd just seen, rather than the battle with Saitzer. Axel, the man in the red cape, the dreams, the dusks, the keyblade, and Sora. Was it all connected? Okay, you two, play fair, said the producer. You're at the top of the bracket. There's only room for one up here, Seitzer replied. Well, may the best man win. Roxas went to his starting spot and lifted his weapon. Now that he'd fought that guy, Axel, he felt like he could win. Seitzer leaned in as he passed. Say, Rucksack, how about you throw the match for me, he whispered. Huh? he blurted. At the same time, he heard Hainer shout at him. Roxas, focus. Let me win, and I'll make it worth your while, "Said pressed. Get real, Roxas retorted, and the fanfare rang out. Roxas, our new rising star, versus Sightzer, the defending champion, the MC announced. The winner of this match will be this year's champion. That's bragging rights. Clear until next year, folks. All right. Let's struggle. The instant everyone screamed that word, Roxas dashed within close range of the taller boy and struck as hard as he could at Seitzer's torso. What? Seitzer fell backward as he landed with an undignified plop. I'm not supposed to. His griping was drowned out by the raucous cheers, which sorted out into one word. Roxas! 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 Everyone was shouting his name. Roxas! Hayner came running, followed by Pence and Olette. You did it! Olette was hopping up and down with excitement. The township cluttered around them. Congratulations, Roxas! The producer handed him the championship belt, and then the sizable trophy. The crowd clamped and cheered. Roxas! 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 That feels like a good place to take a break for a second. Not much left. This is exhausting, dude. Oh my god. This podcast episode is brought to you by my Patreon, Aloney Plus. It's a thing I have. No one has donated. And that's fine. I used to do uh, exclusives, but now it's just my content all in one place. It's just a place for you to donate if you want to. You don't get much. Just a couple of thank yous. Maybe a name on a screen. Maybe a call out. Keeping it simple. You know, doing YouTube for... Years, You get tired. You get real tired. I'm very tired. It's 3 a.m. in the morning right now. Trying to get this done. Anyway, uh, let's get back to it. What's going to happen? He just won. Where's it going to go? How's it all going to tie together at the end of the chapter? Let's find out. Something had flung Axel back so violently he had hit the back of his head. Rubbing the sore spot, he got to his feet. He looked up at the dark city, lit only by neon signs. The smell of rain hung in the air, and the moon in the sky seemed small from here. That man, the one who'd been playing mind games with Riku in Castle Oblivion, he was called Diz. To a certain extent, Axel understood what had happened in the castle, but he didn't know who Diz was or what he wanted. He'd gotten into in Naminé's head, too. smells like him. That's what the leader of the organization had said. There was some sort of connection between Diz and that man. And if Axel was right, there was some staggering secret behind Roxas. That would mean Axel had made a huge mistake back in Castle Oblivion, which resulted in bringing Diz and Naminé and Riku together. No way, Axel mumbled to himself, walking along the dark city streets. The city cloaked in darkness and Twilight Town Lit sideways by the setting sun, the two places felt alike. After all, both of them had something to do with Roxas. As for which place suited Roxas better, Axel wasn't sure. The clock tower that crowded the station stood about fifty feet above the ground, and the sunset they could see from up there was even more beautiful than usual. The four friends sat on a ledge that stuck out just a little over-the-clock face, relishing the glory of the day's victory. Clutching the four-crystal trophy, Roxas watched the sinking sun. He flicked one of the crystals with his fingernail, and it rang softly. Dun. First, he took the yellow crystal from its setting and gave it to Olette. Oh, she cried. Then he gave the red one to Hainer and the green one to Pence. Finally, Roxas pried out the blue crystal and held it up himself to the setting sun. It sparkled brightly, refracting the day's last light. As promised. He told his friends. Thanks, Roxas, said Pence, likewise holding his green crystal up to the light. More treasures for us to share. Hayner held his crystal aloft, his gaze fixed on it, as if offering it to the sky. I've got a present for all of us, too. Olette took out four sea salt ice cream bars. All right. Olette distributed the treats. And just as Roxas accepted his, he slipped. What? As he fell from the height of the clock tower, everything he could see... Shrank into darkness and he fell and that's where we're gonna end it. Gotcha. Sorry I put the mid-roll near the end. You thought there was gonna be more? No, next time. There's so much more to go even in just this one little section. Oh, man You know this story is pretty beautiful and I am going to finish telling at least this part so stick with me the next couple of episodes I don't know when they're going to come out. I hope they'll come out weekly. We'll see. I'm very busy with streaming. I kind of have to take like a whole week off just to get some of these done. And uh, I don't know, man. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope somebody watched this and felt joy. We'll see what happens to Roxas in the Clock Tower later. Wish I could read the whole book, but it is 3.30 in the morning. So I finished the chapter. I gotta go. (laughs) This video is coming out in... Six and a half hours. Cutting it real close. Anyway, thanks for watching. I'm Maloney the Bard. Bye. Enjoy the longest line I ever had to record. The most mistakes. Just one word at the end. Just one word. Roxas lifted his sword and Vivi stared straight at him without moving in a Roxas lifted, his sword and Vivi at him Roxas lifted his sword, and Vivi stared straight at him without moving an inch. Roxas lifted his sword, and Vivi stared straight at him without moving an inch. Roxas lifted his sword, and Vivi, Roxas lifted his sword, and Vivi stared straight at him without moving a muscle.